You are listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast, the weekly show where we take a look at some epic marketing failures, along with some pretty amazing brand rescues and comebacks. And now your hosts, Nico and Chad. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Why don't you give me three interesting facts about Canada? I know you've got a secret crush on Canadian people. (laughs) Canadian accents are great. (laughs) It's so funny to me because I don't really understand. I don't really hear the accent per se, but anyway, I'm sure because of the Canadian accent, you've done some research in Canada. Oh, I haven't done much research on Canada. Okay. What? Repeat the question. It was (laughs) three interesting facts. Yeah. Well, just three factoids in Canada. Factoids. Oh boy. I don't really know a lot of factoids besides all of the kind of cliche stuff about maple syrup and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if those are facts. Canada's beautiful. I've been through a lot of different places. I actually drove a few times through Canada, actually from Utah all the way up through the Yukon Territory and into Alaska and back a couple of times. Okay, those aren't facts. That's my fact, is that... (laughs) Canada is beautiful. So nothing, no facts. I'll give you some. Canada only got its own flag 100 years ago in 1965, February 15th. This is a fairly new establishment. That's strange. Or here's one for you. The famous Canadian interjection, eh, is actually (laughs) in the Canadian Oxford Dictionary as a valid word. Ah. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That's great. Or the whole maple syrup thing, Quebec actually manufactures 77% of the world's maple syrup. Aha. So, okay. So, it wasn't (laughs) just a stereotype. (laughs) It's true. Okay, good. So, how are you guys doing? Everybody's healthy. No pinhole leaks. We finally have our house back to normal. Everything was ripped out and put back together. So, that's like amazing just to have a, a normal kind of living environment. You take the pandemic and you... Put it on steroids. Got to make it as hard as possible for <laughs> yes. you. Yeah, yeah. you got to make it a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, everything's back to normal. Everyone's healthy. We've regrouped. Nice. Our little boy Emerson started kindergarten this week in Zoom. It's, How's that it's, going? It's really sad. Well, we limited his screen time. He doesn't really watch TV or or anything for that matter. So he's gone from. I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes of screen time per week to six hours per day. It's oh, man. Two, two hours and 45 minutes segments. He's got to sit there and just listen to the teacher. And it's really difficult for him to stay focused. We put him in bed at 7.30 at night and he just like passes <laughs> He's out. He's just a goner, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not uh, how I envisioned kindergarten to be. You know, taking yeah. pictures with a little board. I want to be a superhero. I want to... He's sitting at our kitchen table in front of zoom it's crazy oh it is crazy yeah good luck with that that's a tall order yeah i don't know you know at some point they're gonna have to open up the schools again i know it's just temporary so we can make it work yes (laughs) but anyway let's get started so we're gonna be talking about a canadian brand today that actually managed to break through into the u.s market and had a decline and then a a comeback but a a pretty interesting story of Hmm. how they managed to do that we're gonna be talking about clearly canadian today which is a bottled water company. In the early 2000s, one of the most lucrative spaces ever was beverages. With the low cost of production combined with low consumer costs, you know, no risk to try new things. Beverages are a relatively easy place to try new ideas and build a brand. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of money to be made. You know, just some examples like vitamin water, 
sold to Coca-Cola for $4.1 billion in 2007. Mm. Snapple sold to Quaker Oats, which I actually didn't know. That's interesting. The Quaker Oats company in 1994 for $1.7 billion. Honesty sold 40% stake to Coke in 2008 for $43 million. Sobe sold to PepsiCo in 2001 for $370 million. And then Vita Coco sold 25% stake to Red Bull China in 2014 for close to three quarters of a billion dollars. As a result today, from all of those acquisitions and all of that innovation and new beverage options coming out into the market, you just have this huge market today for all kinds of beverages, right? I mean, we have everything from now craft and natural sodas, things like Jones and Virgil's and flavored seltzers and waters, my favorites, LaCroix and Bubbly. Yep. You've got all these hard sodas now coming out, like not your father's root beer, yeah, spiked yeah. sodas. You also get spiked kombucha, which is like, I don't know how they do it because kombucha itself has carbs, but the spiked kombucha has like one carb. Hmm. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I believe that. <laughs> It gets interesting really fast. Yes. And cider drinks, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on, all right? There's just so many options now. But that was not the case mm-hmm. back in the early 1990s. Back in the early 1990s, there were soda, and there was Diet Coke, and it was pretty much it. But one brand launched in the US, and it became super successful, and it came from Canada. And it's hard to find someone over 30 who doesn't remember Clearly Canadian. Yes. Clearly Canadian was originally founded in 1987 in British Columbia. And Clearly Canadian is considered by many people to be the first premium new age beverage, taking us beyond your core colas and diet sodas. So a lot of people credit Clearly Canadian with really just kind of single-handedly launching the multi-billion dollar flavored water market Mm -hmm. that we have today. Do you think that is because people are getting more conscious about health? Like what led that innovation? It's got to be people getting more into lower carbohydrate drinks and the rise of paleo and keto. Organic and and vegan and all of these types of like natural health trends. Surprise, you're not drinking organic Salser, yes. I'm sure you could find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's probably one of the things that people see the natural flavors and draw some of those assumptions about, yeah. you know, it must be more healthy because it's natural. And I think it's healthy because there's no sugar in it, right? Exactly. That's the key. And clearly Canadian did have sugar in it, but it was one of the first beverages to really kind of advertise we're pure, right? It's just soda water, cane sugar, and what they called vegan natural flavors. Mm. So clearly Canadian takes this new brand and moves south of the border into the US just as the 90s really begin and take off. It was ahead of its time in anticipating the natural beverage trend, like you just mentioned, Mm. and became ubiquitous from a cultural point of view. Through the early 90s, clearly Canadian was featured in many television shows, Sex and the City, Seinfeld, Dawson's Creek, Beverly Hills, Whenever I read or hear Beverly Hills 90210, I can hear like the theme song. I'm like, <laughs> it's so funny because yeah. we used to watch it dubbed in Afrikaans in South Africa growing up. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's, Jerry Maguire. And it was just basically like the who's who of the 90s media. Generation X kind of grew up with the brand. 
1995, clearly Canadian had a yearly revenue of over $150 million. And it was at the brink of becoming a mega brand. And here's a quick clip of a commercial that I just want to quickly play. From the heart of Canada's wilderness comes a pure sparkling sensation in seven natural and wild fruit flavors. Clearly Canadian. Let the water take you there. Yeah, so that was a pretty cool commercial. So what the actual background of the commercial is, is it's showing a river in Canada with mountains and pine trees and all of that water from the river and then the actual trees and the mountains and everything's kind of like gets sucked into the bottle and then the cap spins on and then you hear the tagline. So there's a pretty cool commercial, I think, that really just demonstrated what we've been talking about, about that natural vibe and creating that connection with nature and promoting the drink. Nice. And so clearly Canadian was resonating. It was growing. It was this really booming brand creating a new category. And then as quickly as it had kind of stormed onto the scene, it was gone. Whoa. Disappeared. You just couldn't find it anymore, anywhere. So customers get super frustrated. Clearly Canadian had this huge loyal fan base. It was really growing in popularity. And even investors and stockholders were in the dark as to what happened. It just started just disappearing from stores. So was there like some kind of scandal or embezzlement or financial turmoil or like what happened with all of this? Well, ultimately, it is a very simple story of corporate mismanagement, and we've seen this on the show a lot. Yeah. As the brand grew, so did the opportunity to find efficiency and to wring more profit from it, mm. and leadership's eyes got bigger and shortcuts were taken. And sometimes what you lose in the middle is the core of the brand. Mm. And throughout the late 90s and the early 2000s, the clearly Canadian timeline is a series of missteps. Hostile takeovers of other brands, acquisitions, and questionable product decisions. But if you've got to pin it on one factor, some people have blamed one choice more than any other that they did, and that was plastic bottles. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I mean, as a beverage consumer, the feel of the bottle is integral to the product. It's why like- It's a brand, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's why people buy those smart water bottles, those big, tall glass bottles, and it's like $6 for- I think a, those people are- A bottle of water, strange. right? Strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Water is free, people. It comes from a tap. But people buy it, right? Because it feels premium. There's something to it. There's a heft and a quality, and it really just creates a perception of quality. But- Plastic is cheaper. It's cheaper to make. It's lighter and cheaper to ship. Doesn't break. So there's a lot fewer returned cases and returned boxes of the beverage. And for a beverage brand, plastic is so much easier. Cans are so much easier than glass. Glass is really hard to execute logistically because of transport and all of those things. Like you can't even sell cases of glass bottles on Amazon in most instances, because they're too heavy, expensive to ship. And so that really had a 
huge effect on the perception of the brand and yeah. kind of pulling away. I mean, plastic is seen as something that's not good for the environment. It's very manufactured versus glass that is kind of considered something that's a little bit more of a natural type of a product and better for the environment. Yeah. So by the early 2000s, the brand literally was limping along and management was trying to figure out how to bring it back. And they tried multiple things, dyed flavors, energy skews, but nothing really worked. In 2001, the original founders left. The company limped along for decades as sales continued to climb. And in 2010 and 2011, for the first time ever since 1987, Clearly Canadian didn't make a single bottle. It seemed Clearly Canadian was dead. Mm. But what we've learned from previous episodes like Polaroid and PBR, never underestimate the power of nostalgia, mm. which was interesting because I don't know, I think people would be that interested into bottled water. <laughs> right. After all, it is bottled water. But I must say, if LaCroix and Bubbly went away, I don't know what I would do with myself. Buy a soda stream. <laughs> That's what I did. That's the nice thing about all of the options we have nowadays. So in 2012, Clearly Canadian is purchased by a firm with a history of turning around CPG brands. A new leadership team was formed and a strategy was hatched to bring Clearly Canadian back to life. Chairman Robert R. Kahn talked about being surprised that Clearly Canadian was available for sale. And he said, quote, I couldn't believe a brand as well known wasn't being scooped up immediately by tier one equity shops. So many people didn't realize it was missing. Clearly Canadian is literally a master brand of Canada. Canada doesn't have lots of brands that are internationally known like in the United States. There are lots that are successful in Canada, but there aren't many that are successful outside the country. And he goes on to describe the opportunity as essentially just a no-brainer. But the challenge was to quickly rebuild enough inventory to satisfy the demand that he knew was there. He also said, we have demand from all over the world, but how do we assemble enough capital to have 300,000 to 400,000 cases of standing inventory to supply the world? We're not building a brand. It's already worth 200 to $300 million. Yeah, so they basically leaned into their loyal fan base, which is now older and had a little bit more money to spend, to help resurrect the brand. Mm. I think this is such a cool story. Normally what companies or brands would do at this point is go to investors to try to raise money, but they try to raise money from their fans. And going directly to their fans for funding helped the company stay true to the brand's original ethos. The very trap that the original owners has fallen into of confusing the brand. So instead of going to investors for funding, they launched a crowdfunding campaign on their websites at clearlycanadian.com. They invited people to pre-order cases of the beverages, and they said that if they sold 25,000 cases at $29.99, that they would relaunch the company. And in less than two months, over 12,000 people responded and they beat their goal selling 30,000 cases in the first batch. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, so it was super smart, just a really great strategy. But even in this new strategy, as they try to reboot, they have the right ideas, but 
the execution even at this stage is lacking. So what happened was over the two years, that time period from when they got all of those orders in March of 2015, it wasn't until 2017 that they were actually able to fulfill all of those orders. And so despite the website that read now available and encouraged customers to order now, so many diehard fans were posting on the Facebook page and saying, where's my order? Where's my order? I ordered this thing two years ago. Like, I get it that it's crowdfunding and there's some things that need to happen. It takes some time to kind of ramp things back up again, but it's been two years. Surprised they didn't have any legal action. Especially back then, that was before we had a lot of the precedents that have been set with crowdfunding where it's much more structured now. And they start getting all these negative messages on their Facebook messages saying, quote, this is unacceptable. I'm extremely disappointed in your company, a company I backed so that you could get your product back out. And the responses didn't exactly instill confidence at this time. So (laughs) one of the responses was, quote, you backed a grassroots community. We're still not much of a company. So they Mm. kind of didn't really have like super great responses to what was going on. But eventually they were able to pull it all together and get the product out and get things moving again. So even though they ran into some issues, people really wanted this. Like they were willing to hang out for two years and submit complaints and not just give up and say like, please, I want this so bad. It's it's really amazing how powerful that nostalgia marketing can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super powerful. Tapping into positive memories from previous decades is basically what Clearly Canadian did to drive this kind of more modern campaign. You can go on Clearly Canadian's website and they have all these images of Jerry Seinfeld drinking Clearly Canadian or Carrie from Sex in the City with Clearly Canadian on the set. And so they're really just focusing on that nostalgic component of the brand. And we saw that a lot in episode three with Coke. Yeah. How big of a deal nostalgia is and how emotionally just anchoring it can be. Yeah, you're right. Numerous brands have learned that nostalgia marketing is super powerful. These campaigns for Coca-Cola, think about all the Christmas campaigns, Mm. Microsoft, Lego, and even Herbal Essence. Yeah. They've all stepped back in time to harness the power of this nostalgia marketing you're talking about. It is really powerful. So why is it so powerful, right? I mean, like, I get it, tap into something that you're fond of from before, but why are boomers, Gen X, like across the board, why is everyone so like ripe for nostalgia marketing? Well, I think just look at the state of the world right now, right? Like even before COVID-19, there was reason to be nostalgic. So with political turmoil, climate crisis, all of these economic pressures, all the division that we have in politics and in the world, like I think people really can relate to times when their lives felt simpler. Yeah, even though those times were a memory and right. maybe weren't simpler, but it's just right. the way that they remember it. Right. Yeah, that's why shows like I just immediately think of like Stranger Things that really resonate so deeply with people because it taps into just that. And there's never a better, more powerful tool to harness the power of nostalgia 
than with social media. Mm. Think about your Facebook memories. You know, when you get like yeah. issued a memory from your kid a few years back, those tear jerkers that you got to kind of like fight back. Yeah. And brands that can grab hold of that power, that emotional identification can short circuit your decision-making process. And to get that right is basically the core of how you feel. Mm. And that's why it works so well if you think of nostalgia marketing. As a marketer or a brand builder, it is worth asking yourself what opportunities exist with your existing brand or client to tap into that emotional heartstring that we're talking about and bring those past associations to bear on present behaviors. Absolutely. And as for Clearly Canadian, will they make it? I don't know. That kind of remains to be seen. They are still in the process of their reboot and in the process of their comeback. And the beverage market is insanely populated right now. Yeah, it's very competitive. And especially the fact that they do have sugar, I think, kind of hurts them a little bit in that sense that most of the volume that's being done right now within like sparkling waters, it's all sugar-free and low carb. But I know a lot of people say, I won't drink a LaCroix or a Truly because it doesn't have sugar and I like that taste of sugar. So maybe, you know, that's they're carving out still and serving a niche in the market right now. But as of 2017, clearly Canadian was actually back to full production national levels has two facilities in vancouver and montreal and it's available in stores across the country now yeah and you can buy the iconic bottles with the original flavor lineup mountain blueberry country raspberry clearly sparkling wild cherry orchard peach in selective stores including world market and also on their website clearlycanadian.com nice yeah interesting story right how they leaned into their fan base to bring back the brand. Yeah. A little bit like Polaroid. Polaroid kind of like did it by accident, where I feel clearly Canadian did it more methodically. Even though they didn't deliver the stuff two years later, it was still very smart to start the crowdfunding exercise to bring right. the brand back. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. All right, guys. Speak to you guys next week. Bye. You've been listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast. This show is hosted by Nico Katsia and Chad Childress, the co-founders of KPI Agency, a marketing rescue agency. Be sure to visit marketingrescuepodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, contact the hosts, and discover fantastic bonus content.